0: not operating that way he said you can always lean on me and even though they have to leave we we know we even though we had to leave we know we can still lean on them I got my mom and my pop in here I can still go lean on them when I need them I know they might not tell me they'll give me the money but I know it's it's there it's there (laughs) thank you dad I appreciate it God bless you (laughs) amen he's looking at me like I don't know what you're talking about son (laughs) there's no money over here I, I, I know I'm covered amen and you got to know that you're covered yeah. you got to know that you are indeed covered yeah. so let's look at this Proverbs 16 and 9 for a moment I think it's a rather interesting scripture don't you mm-hmm. yes. I think it's very interesting it, it says and I, in the NLT I think opened it up best we can make our plans but the Lord determines our steps it's really clear, isn't it? That we can make the plans we want, but ultimately, God determines our steps, that's right, that's right. our outcomes. Yeah. It seems that there are two plans there's the plan we have, and the plan God has. Yeah. And if we don't get rid of our plan, those two plans will compete with one another for fruition or to come to pass. So we have a conflict that God wants one thing for us and that we want something completely different for ourselves. And that's difficult for me to wrap my mind around Because we as believers all know that God's plan is best. We say it all the time. I know God knows what's best for me. But we still have a plan. And then we'll even say, I know that I don't know what's best for me. And then we still have a plan. (laughs) We'll admit that our plans fail. And God's plans succeed. And yet we'll still Have a plan for ourselves. Somebody tap yourself and say, stop doing that. (laughs) Because what happens most often is we pursue the thing that we desire above the thing that God desires. And that happens in prayer. In prayer, very often, we pray for things that may not be God's specific plan for our lives. Maybe he doesn't want what we want right now. and So we'll be discouraged because what we'll say is, what we'll say is, God didn't answer my prayer. And he did. He said no. (laughs) 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 Not right now. Down the line. You're not ready yet. You're not mature enough yet. You want it for the wrong reason. And we don't like it when we don't get what we want. We like those little kids who like to take our ball and go home. I'm not playing with you anymore, God. From now on, I'll just do what I want to do until we get some pain. One thing about pain, I'm going to tell you one thing about pain, it'll wake you up and it'll make you run to God. It'll do those. You can be as hard-headed high, high, as you want to, but some pain get injected into your world, straight to God. I'm sorry. Y'all looking at me like y'all don't know what y'all, I'm talking about, yeah? Ever ran to God in pain? Ever ran to God? Raise your hand. It's okay. We're, we're a family church. Right? <laughs> Sometimes we pray for things that are just not God's will for us. And in our prayer time, you know, we, we learned, you know, Elijah was a man. Wasn't he a man? Yes, sir. Same kind of passion, same kind of fait, fault, limitations and, and, and emotional and spiritual and physical and mental failures as us. I mean, he just like us. In, in, his, in his physical constitution, but he prayed to the Lord that it wouldn't rain and it didn't rain for three and a half years. That is so powerful. And for the past two weeks, we've been learning about how we can pray with power and how we can pray with effectiveness and how God will hear us when we pray. And we don't have to go to an intermediary and have someone pray for us, but we can ask people to pray with us. But we ourselves can pray when we're alone in our homes and in our cars and in our jobs and whatever situations where we can go to God. And God will hear us, but we have to bring balance to this because sometimes God will listen he will always hear us but uh, listen hearing doesn't mean an automatic yes you remember when you were growing up and you asked your mom and your dad for something they heard you they just said no and now some of you who were used to get mad with your mom and daddy for telling you no now you're telling your kids no because you know that what they're asking you for it's not good for them, or they're not ready for it yet. And if you give it to them too soon, it'll end up being a bad thing. So you're not ready to drive on your own yet. You're not ready to stay out after 11 o'clock. You're not ready to date yet. You're not ready for a boyfriend or girlfriend yet. You need to learn uh, 2 plus 2. No, you can't go to the dance. You failed algebra. I love you too much to allow you to do whatever you want. So you asked me, but I said no. Because I know what's best for you. I've seen down the road. I've been where you are. I already know what this outcome will be if I let this happen. It's just like we know how to parent. God knows how to parent. And we've got to be adults about this. to children in children's church. We've got to be adults about Amen. this. And not throw tantrums. Amen. When God says no. no. Because we make our plans. But God. Determines our steps. In 2nd Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 7. We see one of the best pictures of this scenario. I believe in scripture. 2 Corinthians 12 and 7. It's Paul speaking. Listen to his testimony. And lest I should be exalted above measure. Through the abundance of the revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I want to speak from the topic. Just for a little bit. I have a better idea. <laughs> I have a better idea. That's what, that's what God says to us very often. Through, through the nose. I have a better idea. I heard what you prayed for. But I have a better idea. I, 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 I have something better in mind. It's not that what you want is not good all the time. It's just, I have something better. So I'm going to deny you the good for the better. <laughs> oh, God. Did you get that? Did you hear that? I'm going to deny you the good in order to give you the better. Mm. You're asking for healing. I want to deliver you. You're asking to come out of it. I need you to stay there for a while. Because I'm developing you. So that when you come out. You'll be better than when you went in. But if I rush you out. You won't be who I saw you. Being in the end. I had something in mind for you when you went in. And I can't let you out until I see that. Developing in you. So I've got to allow this to take the time that it's got to take in order for you to become who I saw you being. Everybody in here, you held that little baby in your hand. You know what I'm talking about? When you rocked that baby, you thought, this baby right here is gonna change the world. You had up you had plans, big plans for your baby. Your baby drew that first little stick figure. It wasn't that but a little stick figure, a little, little ugly thing. And they said, that's you, mama. That's you, daddy. And you put it on the refrigerator. And, and your family said, what in the world is? Johnny drew that. That boy's going to be an artist one day. <laughs> you put the math work on the wall. The first sentence, y'all talk to me. You had big plans for your baby. Amen. And whenever you saw your baby going in a direction yes. that conflicted with your plans, oh, yeah. did something to you. Yes. You always tried to put them back on course. Yes, you're going to graduate high school. You, oh, yeah. You're going to go to college. You're going to make something out of yourself. Oh, yeah. have plans for you. Things are going to get tough sometimes, but I'm going to help you make it through. That's what God is saying. He has plans for us. And sometimes we pray against the plan. So Paul says, I had all these revelations. He starts off saying there was a man. And he had all these revelations, and he went up into the third heaven, and he saw things, he saw things that are not legal to talk about here back on earth, and all of this great stuff. And then he says, and, and, and so that I wouldn't be exalted above measure, so that I wouldn't think more of myself, because he said in the verse preceding, I could, I could boast and stuff, but he says, so that I wouldn't be exalted above measure, he said, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh. Listen, he says it was given to me. Somebody say given to me, given to me. Give it to, it to me. It was given to me of, of the, because of the abundance of revelations. I, I, because of my flesh, I could get cocky. Yeah. Yeah. But so that I wouldn't get full of pride and think I was bad. And I was better than everybody else. And I would hear other people's sermons and be like, oh, that ain't nothing. There was a thorn given to me. And he said, with the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. And he said, for this thing I sought the Lord how many times? Thrice. Three times. That he would take it away from me. That that it would go away. That it would stop hurting me. I don't want this anymore. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. Uh, God. God. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, necessities, persecutions, distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. According to Paul, the thorn was given to him. That this wasn't something that he did himself. This wasn't a mistake that he made. It, w- it was given to him. The thorn was given to him. It came to him. And he describes the thorn. He says it's the messenger. Of Satan. So the the thorn though had purpose. Everybody say purpose. Purpose. The thorn had purpose. Everything that comes into the life of a believer has purpose. There's nothing that happens in our life that lacks purpose. So if it entered our world into our sphere, into our lives, it has purpose. Okay. And so so it could not be taken away. Because if it was taken away, then it would not fulfill its purpose. So it had to be there. So he's praying for something to be taken away that was necessary. Mm. But Paul didn't know that. Hence his prayer. Lord, take it away. See, there are things we don't know. Oh, talk to me, somebody. There are things we don't know while we're praying. We don't know why some stuff is happening in our lives. We don't know why some things hadn't changed yet. We don't get it. Why me? Why do I have to go through this? The guy over there in row C, C, seat two, is not going through that. Yeah, he's not going through that, but he's going through something. See? So he, he doesn't know why the thorn exists that he doesn't understand at the time that he's praying that the thorn was given to him. At the time, this is later. He he's looking back. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. He's looking back now. But at the time that it was, that, that he didn't understand what was going on. This brother was in a spot, yes. and he was going to God and praying about that thing. I can imagine he went to a local pastor and said, "Man, I got this thorn," and the pastor said, "Let's pray about it," and nothing happened. Maybe I'm not praying long enough. So he prayed longer, Lasana, and guess what? Maybe I need to go to the church and pray and lay down at the altar. Come on, talk to me, y'all. And I'm going to lay on my, I never did it before, but I'm going to dirty my clothes up, mess my hair up, and lay out before God and wail like Bishop Jake said we're supposed to wail. And I got up from all the wailing and I went home and he didn't know it was supposed to be there. And that it couldn't be removed because it had a purpose. Somebody just minister yourself to yourself and say that thing got, got a purpose. I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. What is this thorn? What is it? I'll tell you what it is. It is trouble that causes pain. Y'all don't know anything about pain. You can't identify with Paul, It's trouble stuff. Life for you has been a golden stamp. It's been easy, right? You ain't had any issues ever. Everything you ever wanted to happen, happened. Y'all looking at me funny. Is this not true? You've had difficulty? you have? Yeah. Wow. The thorn. It's trouble that causes pain. It's, it's really that which is pointed if you look it up in the Greek. That which is pointed, like a stake. A stake is a stake is an implement of death. An implement of death. He's saying there's a stake in my flesh. And and wh- why why would an implement of death be in his flesh? Oh, to kill it. The implement of death is there to bring death to his flesh, to his ego. Now, I know nobody in here has ego problems. Nobody ever thinks more of yourself than you ought to. But every now and then, when you start getting prideful and puffed up, that stake will move around a little bit. And when I say you, I mean we. <laughs> Every now and then, just wiggle the stake. <laughs> mm-hmm. Won't it bring you to your knees? Won't it bring you to your knees when the stake moves and you? Oh, take it away, God, take it away. No, it's necessary. When I dug deeper, I found that this could be actually like the thorn of a plant. I have roses around my home. Knockout roses, they call them. They're beautiful. They bloom. They just, fuchsia and red. And I I like them. They're beautiful. But be careful when you go to grab one. Oh, I got something so pretty. Hurt you so bad. Jesus. (laughs) Sometimes the Good-looking things Amen. are more dangerous than they appear. I felt an anointing go with that. It'll hurt you, mother. The thorn in the plant, it, it causes irritation and annoyance. There's nothing like that pain that's not real bad. They call it nagging pain. Yeah, yeah. Like it's there. And when you move, your feet, you understand. It's not like sharp, bring it to your knees, but it's just like that nagging ongoing. Like when your feet hurt. Oh my God. You think you're thinking if you set it down easy, it'll be better, but when it hit the ground? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, that back pain. That you can't sit down. You can't stand up. You can't lay down. You can't roll over. It's just... Oh, man. Man. Oh, yeah. oh, God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. But the pain is there to keep us conscious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could be in deep sleep. Turn over wrong. that. <laughs> Wide awake. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh my God! I had that back pain for years. That thing will wake you up. You could be dreaming. What they call REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep, and that thing will wake you up. Oh my God! Never forget, I had a toothache one year, Christmas Eve. I had a toothache. That thing had me sitting up in the chair. If I had to be asleep for Santa to come, he wasn't coming that night. I was sitting up in the chair, rocking. It only happens when the dentist is closed. That's the devil. That is the devil. That pain hits when the dentist is closed. There's no 24 hour dentist either. I looked it up. There aren't there. Somehow to have a 24-hour vet, no 24-hour dentist. I don't know, I don't know. Take better care of the dog than they will of me, eh? I'm sorry, that was off. Y'all Come on, let's come back. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay, all right. Keeps us conscious. Number one, of our need for God. that pain will remind us who we're not. <laughs> it will remind us we are not God. No matter how God-like we <laughs> May have some of his attributes, develop some of his characteristics, but boy, that pain will remind us we are not God. You know why it reminds us we're not God? Because it will run us to him. The second thing that it keeps us conscious of is our limitations. You can do a lot of things. But when that pain is just staying with you, you can't make it go. You might be the most inventive, brilliant person in the world. You might understand the theory of relativity. Relativity. Can't do nothing about that pain, though. (laughs) Isn't that something? Me and Elder Smith had a conversation one day, and my wife was sick. And I was like, man, I prayed for people, and they got better. Right here in this church, lay hands on them, pray for them with all. Like the scripture said, call for the elder, Lay hands on pray for them. And they reported that I feel better right now, pastor. I'm good. I, and, and we pray for people right here. And they came back with doctor reports saying that what was that one there no more. My wife was sick. I prayed, lay hands on her and all that. And she was still sick. Showed me my limitations. I can choose to do it through you, or I can choose not to. Amen. God said, I get to choose, not you. Amen. Right. So the pain, see, her being sick was a stake yeah. in my flesh. Yeah. And I wanted him to take it away, but he showed us our limitations. But it also keeps us conscious of our similarities with others. Amen. It lets us know, I ain't that far removed from you. Amen. I could be where you are in a minute. Amen. It could happen to me. I might have my money together today, but there was a day. Yes, sir. Oh, all the good, all the people who got your money together, give God the glory for that right there. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Those of us now who have a money market account, there was a time when I didn't know what a money market account was. Amen. I had a checking account, and they would write me letters about that. And it wasn't, thank you for keeping a good balance. Your account has been? Oh, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. It keeps us conscious of the fact that we're not different from anybody else. No matter where we live, no matter what our zip code is, no matter what church we go to or what denomination we sit up under, What what our position is in the Lord's church. We are no better than anyone else. We're not different. We're all the same. We all have thorns. Everybody in the room got a thorn. Something we're dealing with. Something we're praying about. Something we're believing God for. It reminds us. You know what? We're all the same. And guess what? Everybody in here needs the Lord. We're not in here because we're perfect. We're not in here because everything is everything. We're in here because we know that we needed the Lord. We need the Lord and we will need the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'm an apostle and I need him. A bishop and I need him. A pastor and I need him. An elder and I need him. An elder's wife and I need him. A deacon and I need him. A doorkeeper And I need him, a greeter. And I need him, come on, a doctor. And I need him, a lawyer. And I need him, somebody shout, I need him. have this thorn son to remind you that no matter how many churches you planted no matter how many souls have been saved under your ministry no matter how many sons you have you still need me revelations and all you never get so big you don't need me somebody shout glory Now, it's a blessing that we never told what the thorn was. Wouldn't you agree with that, Antonio? It's a blessing. I'm so glad <laughs> that they never said the thorn was he had a bunion <laughs> or, or he had problems with his vision. That's what some think. They're supposed that because of that day he saw that bright light, that since that day he had vision problems. Some said it was the opposition that he was up against in preaching the gospel. Some said he, he suffered from depression because of the people he persecuted before he got saved. And he felt remorse for killing people, for serving the God he now serves. They've given so many reasons, but yet nobody knows. Nobody knows. All we know is that the brother had a thorn. <laughs> it was so we could relate. Because see, if we knew exactly what Paul's thorn was, then we would say, oh, that's Paul. And he leaves the thorn unidentified so that as this is preached, we think about ourselves. I guarantee you, you ain't thinking no, about nobody in your family. <laughs> right now, you are not thinking about your cousin uh, 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 from, from, from somewhere, from Cincinnati. You ain't thinking about, no, you know, so-and-so, Show need to hear this word. You're like, Lord, thank you for this word, because I need. Anybody thought that way? Heard? you I need this here. I, I need. You're not thinking about anybody else. You know why? Because you have a thorn. Amen. Amen. You can walk around here and survey everybody in the room. Portia, do you have a thorn? Yes, check. Hi, sir. How are you? I never met you before, but do you have a thorn? Check. Janae, you have a thorn, baby. No? Check. How about you, Pastor Leslie? You a pastor? There ain't no way. Come on, you a pastor? Woman of God. Check. How about an apostle? Huh? You apostle in the Lord's church? Yes, check. Mother Trappio? thorns, oh my God, yes. <laughs> Mother of the church. There's a commonality We can identify with Paul And so when he said he prayed three times We felt that (laughs) Because some of us We didn't pray three (laughs) We have completely and totally lost track (laughs) If I asked you how many times you prayed You don't know (laughs) I don't either times I prayed about my thorns and I wondered why won't he take them away? Have I been bad or something? Don't sit there and look at me with that. You wondered if you were bad because you know somebody in church told us if you bad God going to get you. You remember that sermon? The reason that you still have that thorn is because you're a sinner. Your dirty self know that. That's what we feel. Because in, on the world's plane you're always punished. Bad things don't happen to good people. Not the way the world sees it. <laughs> but although it might be a bad thing it has a good purpose. Because even though the devil means it for bad. Come on. God means it. For good. good. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. I, we, it's 1129. I have to hurry up. So watch this. It allows for others who are imperfect to see Paul's imperfection. That's good for us. We need to see Paul's struggle. Because if we look at Paul through the lens of scripture, we won't see his struggles. We'll only see his triumphs. Mm-hmm. And that's how we see people. Right. We see their car, yeah. their nice house. Good. That's good. We see the job they hold we don't see the struggle. So when we're in a struggle, what the enemy does is he shows us their triumphs so that we are depressed in our struggle. It's meant to keep us in the struggle. But when you see somebody had a struggle, have triumphs, it helps you to believe I can have a triumph out of the struggle. And, uh, and, and and all of this, all of this stuff, planting churches and having son, Paul did in the struggle. <laughs> you would be surprised what you can do with your thorn. So it's the only two of y'all needed to hear that you will be surprised what you're still able to accomplish even though you have struggles in your life, even though everything is not perfect. If you get your mind up the struggle and put your mind on God, you will be surprised what you'll be able to do. Paul did everything he did with a thorn in his flesh. He wrote, nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, with a thorn in his flesh. He wrote, all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose, with a thorn in his flesh. He did all of that with a thorn. Planted churches in Rome, in Thessalonica, in Corinth, in Ephesus. And he wrote to Titus and Timothy with a thorn in his flesh. He said, bring me my parchments while he was in lockdown with a thorn in his flesh. we get our mind off the thorn and put our mind on God we'll do some amazing things because I'm going to tell you even the people you admire got a thorn millionaires have thorns CEOs have thorns they don't live perfect lives nobody does got totally off thank you God somebody say thank you God and it says he only prayed three times. And I asked the question, why just three? Because God answered. After the third prayer, God answered. He said, my grace, oh God, is sufficient for thee. Let's not go any further than that. My grace is sufficient for thee. Grace, is, let's start with sufficient first. Sufficient means enough to meet the needs of a situation. Oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. Oh, Jesus. Uh, and I felt that in my spirit. Uh, Jesus. He said, My grace is enough to meet your situation. Whatever it is, whatever it is you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, it doesn't have to be what the person next to you is dealing with, but it is enough. My grace is enough to meet the need of your situation. I got you. I got you covered. Don't you worry about it. I got enough grace for everybody in this building. I ain't going to run out of grace. I am abundant in grace, overflowing with mercy, saith the Lord. I have enough for you. Somebody shall glory. glory. Somebody shall glory. glory. The Spirit of the Lord is saying, I have enough grace for you. Yes, sir. That situation. Glory. Glory. Cover your situation, your circumstance. With my grace. Yes. It's enough. Yes. Are y'all in a hurry? No. There's so much revelation flowing right now. He says it's enough. Somebody shout, Enough. Somebody say, His grace is enough for me. He won't move it, but His grace. I still wake up sick in the middle of the night, but it's grace. I don't have enough money to get all the bills paid, but it's grace. <laughs> I still cry about that thing, but it's grace. Somebody shout, It's grace. His grace is sufficient. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. He says, My grace is qualified. What does that mean? Your grace is qualified. My grace is fitted for the task. He said, I took my grace and I measured it against your situation. And it's fitted. (laughs) Oh, there's another one. He said, my grace is competent. It's able. I knew when I put my grace there for you. That it could do what you needed done. And I'm not going to give you grace for his situation. I'm going to give you grace for yours. Because it's tailor-fitted for you, Apostle Taylor. He said, that's how I work. I don't get mixed up. And I don't give you somebody else's grace. I know exactly what your situation is. And I minister to it. What's grace? Grace Grace represents God's ability to bring you through. We all want to be out. That's our prayer. Bring me out. God said, no, I can bring you through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Why is he with him? Because he's bringing him through. He says, I'll bring you through. I'll never leave you, nor will I. Don't you tell other people that. Tell yourself. He will never leave me nor will he forsake me. Grace represents his ability to cover you. It is his, and listen, I want you to catch this. Hear this very well. It is his ability ability to empower you to deal with it. The reason it has not taken you out is because he made you strong enough to handle it. Why me? Because he gave you the power to do it. Why didn't it happen to her? Because she didn't get that. She didn't get that ability. He gave it to you. So if it brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. He gave you the ability to stand under the weight of it. You don't realize how strong you are. I need you to take a moment and think about what you've been dealing with. I want you to understand how much strength He's given you. Instead of feeling sorry for yourself, think about how long you've been able to stand up under the pressure of what you've been dealing with and give God the glory. So many people have checked out while you remain faithful. You hadn't left the church. You still reading your Bible? You still preaching and teaching? Even though you've been through so much. Somebody shout his grace. It's It's sufficient. 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 Say it like you mean it. His grace. It's It's grace. It's sufficient. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. I heard this so strongly. And God has this ability. To speak stuff into your spirit before you need it. And after he spoke this into my spirit, Shakita brought me a letter to deal with. I told my wife about the letter and she said, baby, don't you let that worry you now. You got to go and preach. I said, baby, I'm good. Because he had already spoke. Yes, sir. And this is what the Lord spoke. I don't have to bring you out of it. I can keep you in it. Think about that. I don't have to bring you out of it. Mm -hmm. I can keep you while you're in it. If you don't believe it, ask Shadrach. Mm -hmm. Meshach and Abednego. He didn't keep them from going into the furnace. He let them go in. But Lord, what a time they had in that furnace, shouting and dancing and going on in the middle of the fire. And Elder Smith, they came out and didn't even smell like smoke. You know you could spend a long time in a situation, and when God does bring you out, you won't even look like you've been there. You will have to convince people that you were there. You have to go get pam pam come and tell them what I've been through. Tell them. And I know we don't want to he- we want to hear. I'm bringing you out. I'm bringing you out. And God said, "No, I can keep you." There's some things you're going to have to deal with until I get you where I want you to be. So maybe that's why some things repeat. Because we hadn't grown to the degree that we were supposed to grow the last time. Okay, let's wrap this up. He says, not only that, not only that, my strength is made perfect in weakness. And this is it. Perfect means it completes, it finishes, it accomplishes, and it makes things happen. So it sounds as though the weakness is making room for something that God has in mind. So every time you get weak, it's making room yeah. for God to do something special. So when you feel weak, he says, my strength is made perfect. Yeah. My, At the point of your weakness, he said, my strength is at its best. Yes, right. Because you know you need me. But whenever you feel strong, my strength can't do in your life what it wants to. <laughs> yeah. Because you trying to do it. Right. So every now and then the stake moves. Mm. The thorn agitates us. Yeah. And it reminds us of our need for God. And when in that moment. He says my strength is at its best. Yeah. <laughs> Accomplishing what I wanted to accomplish. In you. Yeah. So that's why I hadn't. Taken it away. I know you prayed about it, but that needs to stay there for just a little while longer. Because at the end of it, you're going to be running around the church because you realize what it was I was doing. I get it that you had a plan. I understand it. But understand, my plan's better. God said I had a better idea. I appreciate you making your submission. (laughs) Thank you for coming. (laughs) You came with faith, too. And God bless you. I mean, I'll bless you. (laughs) He says, but I have a better plan. I am going to refuse you the good in order to give you the greater. Father in heaven, we thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I don't know what else to say. Thank you. Thank you so much. We needed that. We needed that so much. You spoke to me, and I believe you spoke to so many people in this room. And it brought some clarity to some dark situations. You have a way of shining light with your word. On the darkest of situations. Thank you for making sense of this for us. Now we can say, like Paul said, we will glory in these infirmities. (laughs) We will boast about the infirmities because we know that it is at our moments of weakness that your strength is made perfect in us. In fact, thank you, God, because in this moment, we remember, we think about all the things we did, even though we had a thorn. As we think about it, the thorn really hadn't been able to stop us. That's been because of your grace. So we have a different type of attitude now about the thorn. And we don't see it the way we used to see it. And it no longer has the same amount of power over us that it used to have because we understand that your plan is going to come to pass for us. In Jeremiah 29:11, you said, "I know the thoughts that you think that I think toward you, thoughts that are good and not evil to bring you to an expected end." You're going to do something good for us. And we're grateful. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Come on, give God the glory in the house.